The draw was the bullet time effect. You know, where the world slows down around you to give you time to dodge bullets and enemies. But aside from this, Max Payne also gave you an accurate depiction of New York City. The ability to step right into an action movie and a nitty gritty story that still sticks with people to this day. Released 20 years ago this week, Max Payne is an example of an action game done right. And we're going to be talking about all the reasons why. So stick around, get ready for the world to slow down around you, and join us for this week's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 47th episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look back at one game released during the current week in gaming history, and we talk about it. While doing so, we try to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world and its inspiration, or what it gave back to it as its legacy. This week, we'll be taking a look back at Max Payne, released for Windows on July 23rd, 2001, 20 years ago this week. I'm David Casson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who is a Max Payne in my ass, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, I think that's an appropriate title, don't you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we don't even have to argue about it. Nah, not at all. That's what little brothers are for. Yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I gotcha. And that joke just wrote itself, to be honest with you. I didn't even have to work at it. Yeah, I didn't think you did. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't normally work. Right? Right? Am I right? Got that right. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so how you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I need these uh, foster kittens that I'm sharing an office with to calm down right now. But uh, other than that, I think we're great. Yay, foster kittens clawing up my leg. So what have you been playing this week? Uh, this week's been more Tarkov, a bit, quite a bit of Rocket League, and then a little bit of Apex and Rainbow Six Siege. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little bit of time for more for more Ghost of Tsushima. Other than that, you know, we traditionally play a little bit of Rocket League after we record these episodes, so I guess you can say I played that since the last one. But I really haven't had a whole lot of time to play video games this week, so... Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it do be like that. Sometimes it do be like that. So, Max Payne, it's a trilogy of games and a motion picture. Are you familiar with the Max Payne series? I have some familiarity with it, yes. Yeah, you played played one or two of them? I've played through most of the first one. I may have played the second one, too, but I can't quite remember. I just know the first one for sure. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, well, we're going to take a look back at the, uh, you know, Max Payne's history. And to go and look back at the lineage, uh, you know, of Max Payne, we have to go way back to what's called the demo scene. We've never really talked about the demo scene before. Have you ever heard of the demo scene? Mm, that doesn't sound familiar. Awesome. Well, then 
we're going to start by teaching you something right off the bat. The demo scene is an international subculture of computer art that's focused on producing demos. And demos are, I mean, nowadays we know them as little bits and pieces of video games. Um, but at one point, they were self-contained small computer programs with audiovisual presentations. The purpose, you know, in the we we talked a little bit about the early days of computers when we had like bulletin board systems and and stuff online, was for various people to post their art, their computer art online for other people to judge. You know, the purpose of a demo in itself is to show off the programming, visual art, and music skills. And music skills, period. I don't know where I was going with that. Typically, these demos are shown at what are known as demo parties. Demo parties are like big festivals where people would get together and they would basically show off. It's kind of like this was the early days of computer-generated films, except these weren't really films in the narrative sense. They were people that were you know, straight up programming, you know, polygonal, 3D polygons and flying ships and weird visual spectrums. You know, they were they were basically people that were showing the world what could be done and pushing the envelope of basically programming skills, you know, and it was this weird, I wouldn't say weird, it was actually a pretty cool subculture, you know, where they would bring in music together with uh, with uh, the programming and, and so on and so forth. It, it wasn't a huge subculture here in the United States. It's mostly a European phenomenon where artists and programmers would compete against one another to showcase their technical and artistic excellence. Where a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot, but let's say... Some people in the United States are probably going to be more familiar with the demo scene from the early PC days of cracking. Uh, do you know what a crack is for a video game? Crack, you said? Yes, crack. Mm, I, no, not really. So cracking is where people would be able to... It's piracy, basically. When you cracked a video game, you broke its, pi, its anti-piracy measures... And then you put it online for other people to be able to play without paying for it. So it's a piracy measure. And crackers, you know, the, the, the computer programmers or hackers or whatever the heck you want to call them that were into cracking would basically have their own, like, logos. And when you would run a crack, it would have, you know, an image that would pop up with music. And that's a lot of where these early demos came from. You know, our familiarity with them would have been that these crackers kept trying to one-up one another with the best audio-visual intro as their cracks ran, you know? And they always had weird chiptune music, and like I said, there were different, you know, different things that would show on the screen, wavy lines or 3D graphics or... And I know that all sounds weird now, but this was a time when we didn't have 3D graphics, so these were people that were showing us what could be at a time when it wasn't, if that makes sense. So, between 1987 and 1994, there was a Finnish demo scene group operating called the Future Crew. And the Future Crew was one of the most influential of the demo scene groups. Uh, for one, they started a big demo scene festival called the Assembly. Uh, and they're responsible for a lot of the most notable influential demos as part of the scene. 
One of which is perhaps one of the most notable ones that's called Second Reality. And what I'll do, you know, as always, I like to post my show notes. It's really hard to describe what Second Reality is. It's basically an audio-visual presentation. There's a lot of stuff going to it. It's, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes long. I'll post a link to it on our website at www.memorycardlane.com so you can go on there and see for yourself what a demo was like back in the day. You know, these were basically programmers and, and early computer artists that were showcasing their skills, along with the music, the chiptunes artists, and, and so on and so forth. So we'll put Second Reality up on there. For today's purposes, though, you know, I'm not really going to dig too much into the demo scene. I, I think that's as much as we need to know about it. But what you should know is that various members of this future crew would go on to start their own companies in the second half of the 90s. Uh, for instance, Bugbear Entertainment, the people that are responsible for the Flat Out series, was started by members of the Future Crew. And one notable company is the star of today's episode, Remedy Entertainment. So Remedy was Entertainment was founded in 1995 by, like I said, various members of the Future Crew. They created their first title, Death Rally, in one of their members' team members' basements. Rob, can you guess what type of game Death Rally was? Was it one in which friends picked flowers in a valley together? It's exactly what it was. That's, Hell yeah. That's, you nailed it right on the head. Friends would go in a field and pick flowers right before they hopped in their vehicles and blew each other up. <laughs> Hell yeah. It sounds like that kind of day. I know. So yeah, so Death Rally was a vehicular combat racing game a la Twisted Metal, your favorite, your favorite thing ever. Um... And it was released on DOS back in 96. Uh, it was published by Apogee Software. Do you remember where we've talked about Apogee in the past? I'll get you. I will. Duke I will, Nukem. Yes, Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem. I'm going to start get. I'll get you. We'll make a video game historian out of you someday. I promise. Sure, Dave. <laughs> so, yeah. So Death Rally was published by Apogee Software. Apogee Software, as Rob said, is uh, the company that created the Duke Nukem series. And they're also really, they are really noted for creating the shareware, the shareware model, which isn't really surprising since shareware and demos are essentially the same thing. And, you know, this all derived from the demo scene. So it kind of all comes together. So while working on Death Rally, one of Remedy's employees, Petri Yaravieto, uh, reached out to a longtime friend. I probably butchered his name, but that's okay. He reached out to a longtime friend named Sam Lake. Sam was studying English literature at the Helsinki Universe of Technology. And Sam, Sam's job was to help with the dialogue on Death Rally. Why that's important is because after Death Rally, Sam Lake would remain at Remedy and subsequently become the studio's creative director. And this is important. We're going to come back to this in a moment. So like I said, Death Rally was released in 1996, and in 1997, Remedy released a benchmarking tool, which they called Final Reality. You know, their demo scene thing was Second Reality, and this was their Final Reality. It was a benchmarking tool. And the team that would create it would spin off into a sister company of Remedy called Future Mark. Do you, re do you recognize Future Mark? That one I can't say I remember at the moment. All right, so Future Mark, to this day is known for making what is perhaps the most popular benchmarking software for PCs. They make 3D Mark, they make PC Mark, and they make VR Mark nowadays, 
which are basically, like I said, just like the probably most commercially recognized tools for benchmarking computers. And they got their start as members of the Future Crew way back here in the 80s and 90s as well. So here we are following the release of Death Rally circa 1997 or so, and Remedy began pitching their next project, right? One was a spaceflight simulation game that was like Descent, which we've covered in another episode. One was a racing game, and, and there was another that was an isometric shooter named Dark Justice. Doesn't that sound cool, Dark Justice? Hell yeah, it does. It actually sounds more like a Batman title, doesn't it? It sure as shit does. I was going to say the same thing. I know, I know. And so it was decided that they were going to fund the shooter's development on the condition that the game had a strong central character like Duke Nukem, because that was the, the game to beat at the time, <laughs> that the game had 3D graphics, and that the game had a better name, because they felt that Dark Justice was just too dark and too adult. And so the team proposed different possibilities. Uh, ranging from Dick Justice, talk about a name there, man, oh. and another name was Max Heat. Max Heat became a name that the company trademarked for $20,000. This, be- this was before, however, they settled on an actual name, which was Max Payne. <clears throat> and so they began to develop this game. They made it in-house engine so they could do the things they wanted. You know, technologically... One of the things that they wanted to do was the concept of this was the game that introduced. I don't think it introduced. I, I it was it wasn't the very first game, the bullet time. So it was the bullet time effect that was in video games where you move at real time, but everything else slows down around you. a la the Matrix, right? So they made this engine and, you know, they, they really worked it up <clears throat> Um, but they needed a way to tell the story, right? Because they had Sam Lake, who was a writer. He became the writer for the Max Payne series. And he was all about a really dark, gritty narrative story. And so, basically, what they did is they created this film noir. You had the game, and then for the cutscenes, the developers used comic panels with voiceovers. And they did this because they found it to be more effective and less costly than using fully animated cinematics, you know. And they liked the idea that the comic panels kind of forced the player to interpret it for themselves. I mean, let's be honest with you. That's one of the the things that graphic artists really like is that beauty's in the eye of the beholder, you know. Um, And that there would be subtle differences from reader to reader uh, you know, with with the graphic novels, that they really, the, the, it kind of goes with a noir concept because a lot of the way film noir works is it's a lot about what's not seen, you know, because film noir is that really dark, gritty, sepia tones, no color type deal, and so it it it's a lot of it's a lot of the empty space, uh, kind of sorta, but um, but yeah. So they used cutscenes, you know, and this also really made it easy for them to rearrange the comic panels if they needed to change the plot. Basically, it was easier and cheaper. Let's be honest. That's the reason why it was used, right? It was easier and cheaper. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But with their engine, their engine was pretty awesome. Had really great textures, had really great character novels. In fact, Max Payne himself, the model for Max Payne is Sam Lake 
the writer of, of the Max Payne series. And uh, again, if you go to the we- our website at www.memorycardlane.com where I post my show notes, you can go to the Wikipedia page for Max Payne the game, and on there there's a picture of Sam Lake, who is a absolute spitting fucking image of Max Payne. I mean, they... It, Actually, Max Payne looks like Sam Lake if he was constipated all the time, but that's neither here nor there. That was just, you know, the way graphics worked back in 2001. Yes, everyone looked like they had to shit. One thing they also did, though, is because The Matrix wasn't necessarily their inspiration. You know, they were more into, like, the John Woo action film type uh, stuff, but they knew there was going to be inevitable comparisons to The Matrix which came out in 1999, a couple years earlier. And so in the game, there's a lot of homages to the Matrix series. You know, there is um, uh, there's a level called Nothing to Lose, which has a lobby that's very similar to the shootout scene in the first Matrix film. They they tried to they tried to pay homage homage to the homage to the Matrix films. So. So Max Payne was released, not a whole lot on development, it was pretty straight straightforward, released on Windows. And then it was de- it was developed by developed by Remedy, but published here by Apogee. And Apogee outsourced the development of the console versions of Max Payne to Rockstar Games. We know Rockstar, don't we? Uh, I know there's such a yeah, there's I know Rockstar just doesn't ring a bell. Um, doesn't ring a bell at all. But as part of that process in line, you know, Rockstar Games, as we've talked about uh, on previous episodes, was owned by Take-Two Interactive. And Take-Two Interactive, as part of the process, spent $10 million to purchase the intellectual property rights to the Max Payne franchise. And as of 2021, they still own those uh, IP rights as a side note. So Rockstar is the one who owns Max Payne nowadays. And like I said, Max Payne was released to the world on July 23rd, 2001. So that brings me to the game. Rob, you said that you were familiar with the first Max Payne video game. What do you remember about it? The number one thing that I remember is the black... Like, just a black screen with a red blood trail that you followed while a baby was crying in the background. Just that that one part that just... It has stuck with me all this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, alright, so... So in the game, you're Max Payne. And Max Payne is a third-party shooter, meaning you're, you're looking from behind the character. And the gameplay revolves around the use of bullet time during firefights. So when you trigger bullet time... Time is slowed down to where you can see the bullets and other projectiles move. Um, But Max is not as slow, meaning he can move and react in real time, giving him time to react to, you know, the bullets and the enemies. The story was that basically he comes home, you know... How, how does it it doesn't start out that way right doesn't start it starts out with him on top of a, a skyscraper as police pull up like he's about to jump isn't that how it starts honestly it's been so long i can't remember how it starts yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's how it starts he's it's it's new york city it's new york city it's, it's a blizzard max Payne is standing at the top of a, da- a, a damaged skyscraper as police arrives 
and he immediately experiences a flashback to three years ago where he comes home to find his wife and their newborn daughter murdered by junkies who were high on a new designer drug called Valkyr. So, so you're correct. That's the scene that, that sticks out in your head because every time he flashes back to it, all you really see is a dark hallway with, I think, even a trail of blood at some point, but all you hear is a baby crying as you're essentially walking towards a light, uh, which is, of course, him walking in on the scene of, of his family murder. Like I said, you know, Max Payne is, is a, you know, a, a third-party shooter, and you essentially start out with one pistol and you get other weapons. I remember that to replenish health, you took painkillers, because the notion was that Max was uh, on his last leg for health-wise, and he wasn't going to make it, and that the painkillers were just staving off the the pain long enough for him to finish what you know his his job of revenge, right? Because this is a whole story about the revenge. It was a fairly linear game, you know. The levels weren't. It's not an open world game. It's just it's just you know point A to point B and shooting guys along the way and then the story in between the in between each of the the levels is the comic book oh god i can't even talk tonight it's the comic book strips that we were just talking about that they use to tell the story in between in in between the the levels basically max's max has become after his family dies he he leaves the NYPD he joins the DEA and he becomes an undercover operative um, that has infiltrated the family that controls the trafficking of the Valker drug that the junkies that murdered his family were on. And basically he is he's on a, a, a mission to take take this family down from the inside. Right. Right. Do you remember any of that? <laughs> I remember some of it, but not all. Oh, not trust. Me. I know it's been it's been a long time for me too. And now there's three of them, so I kind of put all three of them together. But basically, the whole story just kind of goes from there. You know, you run through the game. You you know run, jump, and shoot, and uh, and you go on a revenge. But Rob is right. Uh, you know, he keeps having flashbacks to when his family was murdered. And this whole game is about the, you know, the revenge aspect of, of, um, the revenge aspect. You know, he, he's infiltrated the, the organization that provided drugs to the people that killed his family. And he's, he's just bound and determined to take them down. And he, he is on his last leg physically and he pops painkillers and he gets shot and beat and shot and beat and shot and beat again. But he is not going to stop until he's not going to stop until he takes he takes down every single person that is responsible for enabling the people that that killed that murdered his family. It, it it's a it, it's a dark it's a dark 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 story. I think this is rated mature. It better be rated mature. Um. Yeah, I remember Max Payne. So this would have been 2001. So I would have been 17 or 18. And I remember Max Payne was just 
another one of those games that did something technologically that blew my mind, you know, because the bullet time was a, a new feature. I mean, we had seen it in the Matrix, but we hadn't yet seen a video game do it. So the first time you get to slow down time and, and you know, slow everything down around you. I mean, let's be honest. Anytime you see a new video game mechanic, um, you kind of get amazed. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I think that's a fair fair thing to say. I mean, I mean because, look, you know, it's something completely new. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, how far we're what forty, fifty years into video games now, and I, I know it seems hard, but people are still innovating, which blows my mind. I saw a game the other day, a demo for it called Pop D and Two D. It's it's a puzzle game, and Two D. So it's it's like a side scrolling puzzle game, right? So 2D is your creature going from side to side, but then at any moment you can switch to top D. And what top D does is it changes the view to a top-down view. And the concept is, is that like you can switch to top D who can move blocks from that view that can't really be seen in a 2D view. And you can switch from a 2D to a, a top-down isometric view back and forth with these two separate characters to solve these puzzles. And it's really freaking cool, and it's a game mechanic I can't remember having seen before. And I just remember thinking how awesome it is that there are still people that manage to innovate like this and and take concepts that we've had forever and do something completely unique with it. And the point is, other than telling you about a new game to go check out called Top D and 2D, uh, is that... This is one of those games that just was innovative. You know, we hadn't seen Bullet Time. I can't think of any other game that was this dark. I mean, this was this was a really dark, nitty gritty story, very mature, and there really weren't a lot of those at the time either. And that made it appealing too. You know. Um. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like now where you just have games everywhere. We we didn't have such a saturated market at the time. So, what else do you remember about Max Payne? Anything else? No, most of what I remember you touched on. It was a good game, and it was a good looking game. I remember it was another one of those games that really made your computer like the textures at the time were a step up. You know, the fire looked like fire. It was just another one of those games that just looked really good and kind of pushed the bar for graphics at the time on top of the gameplay and you had a really good you know story i was i was i was really into these narrative games at the time because that was a a genre that was really just starting to find its own you know we we had half-life a few years earlier and every time a new game that was you know narrated like this and had a a really solid single-player story came out i wanted to play all of them and max Payne was no exception Max Payne was no exception. It was a great game. I remember I remember playing it and really liking it. I still really like it. That's uh that's Max Payne. That's my opinion on Max Payne. That's Rob's opinion on Max Payne. But as normal, we like to see what your opinion of Max Payne is. And to do so, we go back to look at critic reviews and user reviews for the games that we discuss every week. And this week is no exception. So, Rob, per normal, I have pulled a bunch of reviews for you to do your best with. 
I'd say do your worst, but uh, you know, you know. Uh, so you ready to do some reading? Uh, I can't read, Dave. Ah, oh, crap. How'd I forget that? I don't know, man. Man, I'm a, a, a really piss poor podcast planner. You said it, not I. All right, well, let's start with some critic reviews. First one I pulled here from an online website called All Game. What did All Game have to say about the Max Payne, about Max Payne, the video game? All Game had to say that Max Payne truly captures the moment of every shootout and inspires you to not just kill the bad guys, but to do so in style. Remedy Entertainment recreates the atmosphere of New York City with a combination of authentic, varied sound effects, photorealistic textures, and excellent lighting and level design. Only the worst blizzard in a hundred years explains the empty streets, and only drug addicts roam the city, no doubt looking for their next fix. The story is, at times, predictable and full of cliches about the quality of a straight-to-video B-movie and seems to miss the mark in terms of fluid gameplay. Unlike Half-Life, where the action is integrated perfectly with its simplistic yet appropriate story, Max Payne frequently yanks you out of the game and forces you to look at a badly drawn-in game graphic novel and listen to mediocre dialogue if only max Payne had npcs it would be a masterpiece they finish it up by saying that playing max Payne is like stepping into an action movie and most first person shooter fans will be instantly hooked the pace is maintained throughout the game and nearly compels you to finish in one sitting with the occasional awe-inspiring moment driving you to continue Although the weapons are standard fare, they're effective and made more interesting through the use of bullet time effects. If action-packed stories and expending entire clips of ammo from dual MAG-10s in slow motion appeals to you, Max Payne is a surefire hit. And a surefire hit it was. Um, surefire hit it was. It was, well, it wasn't a hit hit. It was like the 19th most bought PC game of 2001. I wouldn't exactly call it a hit, but Buy all financial successful game. Good lord, I can't talk tonight. I do agree with the witch McCall that Half-Life uh, keeps you in the world better. It's better for world building. But I think that this game wasn't trying for that. You know, it, it's a film noir. It, it, it tried to it tried to get into that 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 style. And I felt that it did a really good job of it. I don't. I don't think it's a fair comparison entirely because I, I, I just like I said, I think that it fit. I think that it was going for a thematic style and it did a really great job of it. So, all right. Well, moving on from all game, I pulled this review here from IGN. So what did IGN have to say about Max Payne? IGN had to say that to say the story in Max Payne is intense is an understatement. It would be like calling Dom DeLuise Husky. In following with the story, you have a ragtag group of thugs, heavies, mafia dons, junkies, hookers, and other members of my family that you'll interact with. The story elements are handled through a variety of means, presented through in-game cutscenes, conversations during gameplay, and narrated graphic novel-inspired panels that fit the game perfectly and really add a lot of style and character to the game in the process. A lot of the action in the game revolves around bullet time, a slow motion state where Max gains superhuman reflexes. To be completely honest, when I first saw bullet time back in the Max Payne preview days, I thought it was going to be a stupid gimmick inspired by the Matrix that would be completely useless and overused in the game. But I have to admit, it works impeccably. Although it is used a lot in the game, it's a very innovative approach to a shooter. 
and it's a substantial part of what Max Payne so good. They finish by saying, all in all, though, Max Payne is a visual as well as visceral treat. It's got plenty of style and enough action to have you hopped up on adrenaline for hours after playing, leaving you saying, I can take more pain. Give me more. More! It's not deep, but Max Payne is more than a satisfying experience the whole way through. And it's a title you absolutely must not miss if you're an action gamer. Max Payne, you are a delight. Yeah, so, I mean, critics liked the game. Um, I mean, it was different, you know, techno, like I said, it was, it was different. It had, I felt it had a really good story. This guy said the same thing I did, you know, that narrative graphic novel inspired panels fit the game perfectly and they had style and character. I agree. You know, people that complain that the, the, the comic book took you out of it. I, you know, maybe that's one way to look at it. But I just think that it was I just think that it was more more thematic. It was it was more so what it was going for. And also that was a time when graphic novels were and was starting to come together, you know, with um, a, a, film media and stuff like that. You know, eventually we would get the Sin Cities and 300s and Scott Pilgrims of the world. But, you know, this was still early on when we were starting to integrate that stuff all together. Um, yeah, but it was it was a great it is a great action gamer. You can still get Max Payne. You can buy the first one on Steam these days for $3.74. Ooh, that's a deal. I know, right? So if you never played Max Payne, it's about the same as a hamburger, you know, at most fast food joints, and it's 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 more enjoyable than a hamburger, in my opinion. So. Wow, you get more than one one sitting out of it, hopefully. Well, you, technically, you get two sittings out of a hamburger, too. Oh! Ah-ha-ha, ah, gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, those are critic reviews. Let's see what you, the listeners and users of the game, thought as well. So this week, speaking of it being on Steam for $3.74, I went on to the Steam reviews and I pulled some user reviews that I thought would give you a good idea a good idea on what people think of Max Payne. So Rob, take it away with the user reviews. Yeah, sure, Dave. And why don't we just start with this uh, appropriately named guy on Steam, who I'm sure couldn't be you. It's not me. User David on Steam <laughs> says that Definitely not me. games can be art. Definitely not me. Oh, of course not. Of course not. Who's the guy hyping up the game? One of the best video games ever made. Not Smart me. narrative, flawless presentation, good character, excellent dialogue. What's so good about Max Payne and makes it different than other video games is that it could have been done in any other medium, a novel, a movie, and still be brilliant. This puts it above other games and proof that games just like other mediums can be art. They finish by saying that this is a classic, timeless masterpiece. Well, I mean, this David just sounds like a smart guy, doesn't he? Hey, look, uh, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. My Steam handle is not David. This is not me. But I think I speak for all Davids when I say this man has good taste. I don't think you speak for all of them. I'm pretty sure we all do. We we all all Davids are a single unit. The it's, it's like a mass David event. 
uh, th- like the David period, in case you didn't know. It's a David thing. You wouldn't understand. All right. Now, I'm going to have to kill you now that you know about that. So don't don't go to sleep tonight. Uh, but there are some more user reviews I need you to read before I go ahead and do that. So why don't you move on? Well, as long as I don't have to do more history lessons, I think I'll be OK. Oh, good. That was good. Uh, oh. So next up, we have user Saint Security on Steam, who says was too young to understand the story. When I was sitting next to my father and watching him play this game. Still, the bullet time felt like the coolest thing I have ever seen in games. Did the bullet dodge on my parents' bed? Got scolded for scratching the timber floor afterwards. Now I'm old enough to finally understand what the story is about. The game feels even cooler with the story and the way it's told. Getting too old to do bullet dodge on the bed, though. What a shame. Ah, yeah. Yeah, so again, pulled that one. Bullet time at the time was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen in games. It's still a cool game mechanic when it's used correctly. Anytime I can play a game and slow down time around me, I am so in. I'm so in. That's all I'm going to say. I am so in. Uh, But yeah, Rob, I pulled one more Steam review for you to read. What do we got from Disable Boar? Who wants to disable boredom? I guess. I don't know. Well, Disable Boar says that Max shoots thugs and monologues to himself. To this day, still my favorite game of all time. No other has come close to leaving such a long-lasting impression on me. Its development, influences, memorable characters, dark tone, extremely enjoyable gameplay, captivating storytelling, and so much more form this cohesive whole that nothing before or since has been matched in my eyes. It ticks every box you can want. It's a title that can be enjoyed for its excellent narrative or just the fun gameplay with a soulful display of pure, genuine heart that will keep it as lovable for 20 more years. So here we are 20 years later. Do we think that this game is as lovable? (laughs) So So let's take a moment. That's a really good transition into the legacy of Max Payne, right? If you don't know the Max Payne series, it's a trilogy. A couple of years later, they would come out with Max Payne 2, and then Rockstar would essentially take 10 years. I don't know if it's 10 years. It might be 5, 6, 7. It was a long time. Rockstar would eventually make excuse me, Max Payne 3, and there's a movie. There was a movie in which Mark Wahlberg played Max Payne, you know, and his, his leading lady figure was Mila, Mila Kunis. We now have three games and a motion picture for Max Payne. Does anyone even talk about Max Payne anymore? That's I guess that's my point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I haven't really heard many talk about it. Honestly, I don't know if most of my friends have even played the game. At the time, it was a technological marvel, right? And it was a great game. And it spawns Max Payne 2 was a great game. Max Payne 3 was it was so and so it got mixed reviews. I was a fan of it. I really liked it. The movie was so and so. But I really think after that time, it just kind of fell from the gaming zeitgeist. You know, the thing with us gamers is we're like goldfish. We have really short memory spans. And uh, I joke about that. You know, it's funny to think of because we have video game history podcasts like this where we get all weepy eyed and nostalgic about about old video games. But on the other side of that coin, if you're not IP, you know, intellectual property franchise, that's pumping out games with your characters time and time again to keep them current. 
newer generations of gamers are just going to forget about you or not even know you. I mean, it's like you said, you, you have friends that you don't even think of have ever played a Max Payne, you know? Yeah. So it's in this really weird spot where it's in this really weird spot where, you know, who, who knows? Really, who knows? Did you ever see the movie? Surprisingly not. No, I have not. You've never seen Max Payne the movie. Wow. Color me surprised. Came out in 2008. Like I said, it's got Marky Mark Wahlberg in it and uh, follows a lot of the same storyline. You know, Max Payne's wife and baby were murdered. You know, Max is... uh, In this one, Max gets transferred to the cold case office, not the DEA, you know, who keeps searching for the killer who got away. And basically, he tracks down the same kind of concept, trying to find out who's behind these drugs and... Basically, just comes armed to the teeth, uh, you know, beating, beating everyone, beating everyone down, beating everyone down. So it even has an after credit scene that was supposed to set up other movies, but they never made any other movies. They they stopped after one. I don't know, which is neither here nor there. Right. You are just a bummer. <laughs> I don't know. It was decent. It was decent. I think it's a good Max Payne movie. It's not the greatest video game movie. You know, that one will always go to uh, the original Super Mario Brothers. What, what? Have you ever seen the original Super Mario Brothers movie? You know, I don't know if I've seen the original, but I have seen one and it was. It was rough. Well, there's only been the television show. There's only been one movie. I think it was the TV show. What do you remember about the Mario Brothers? Like that? what, What do you remember I want to say it was something like they went into a TV and that's how like they were literally, it was like a real live, they were like real life plumbers. And then they went into like Mario. Do you, me- do you remember Goomba? Do you remember Goombas? What Goombas look like in that one? Uh, not, ex- not at the, mo- I don't know that I ever got far enough into it, it's, man. It was really freaking weird. It's, it's all right. The actual super Mario brothers movie is really weird. It's the reason why Nintendo's never, ever allowed anyone to make a video game movie with any of their intellectual property because it was a flipping disaster. One of these days we'll have to do a whole story on just that movie itself. Cause it's a really fascinating, uh, bit of video game history in itself. And we learned that Mario's last name is Mario. So his name is Mario Mario, in case you ever wanted to know that. And that makes Luigi's name Luigi Mario. Fun fact. The Mario Brothers. Because, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It, it involves multiverses and dinosaurs and... Uh, <laughs> and uh, Manhattan becomes Dino Hatton. No joke. It does involve multiverses. Uh, it basically a portal opens up to another another multiverse in which dinosaurs didn't go ex- extinct, and now they're one of the like the dominant species. And Bowser is maniac trying to like de-evolve people into like dinosaur Goombas. Are it, it? It's really one of those movies. I I I mean, you should watch it. It's a bad movie. It's an incredibly bad movie, but bad movies are special in their own respect. Sit down, pour a glass of some cocktail that you like, and enjoy an incredibly bad movie because it deserves a place in history. Mostly because we all try to forget it. We all try to forget it. Yeah, no, if it's if it's what I saw, I, I can't yep. deny that that was yep. weird. 
Yeah, so we got Max Payne, though, and Max Payne was not as awful. The movie was better than Super Mario Brothers. The games were pretty good. Um, you know, Max Payne, Max Payne's halfway decent. And if you've never played it, it's $3.74. I think the second one is $5, and the third one might be $10. I, I enjoyed the trilogy. I know people didn't like the third one. You know, expectations were really high by the time it came out, and it just didn't meet people's expectations. It's also kind of an aged Max Payne. It, the trilogy is kind of like, you know, the third one's he kind of gets older, and, you know, it. that's literally it. It's an old Max Payne, which is kind of hilarious, because now he's aged out, and it's got its humor in that respect. But it's Rockstar Games. Rockstar Games makes good games, you know? Absolutely. I think that'll do it for Max Payne for me. Uh, you have anything you want to add about Max Payne? If you've never played it, give it a try. It's a great game. At least in our opinion. Oh, well, yeah, very true. So look, uh, there were a few things this week that I talked about that are better served in terms of visual. One of which is if you want to see how Max Payne is a spitting image of his writer, Sam Lake. And the other thing is uh, the demo scene. I'm going to post links to some of the more, well, at least the most important uh, Second Reality, one of the most influential demo scene demos out there. So if you're curious what the demo scene was all about, you can check that out on my show notes, which of course is going to be on our website at www.memorycardlane.com, where you can also find things like our biographies and links to old episodes. There's a link to check out our Discord if you'd like to join us, play games with us, or just converse with us, and the ability to support our page through our Patreon. For only $2 a month, you can support our Patreon. You can do so, like I said, through the support page or by visiting patreon.com slash trip down memory card lane. And that's going to be all the plugs except for one, which is our social media plugs. I am on Twitter at David underscore underscore wrong, where I post about Rocket League and wish video games a happy birthday. Rob, what are you doing on social media these days? I can be found streaming on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. Awesome. 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 Yeah. 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 So, well, on that note, I think it's getting to be about time that we can wrap it up for the day. So, as always, we know that our goal every week is to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world and its legacy and its inspiration, or what it gave back to it in its legacy. So, in doing so, we like to talk about what we learned. So, Rob, biggest takeaway from today's episode? Uh, honestly, the fact that Max Payne modeled after Sam Lake. And, well, I mean, obviously, I never knew the guy's name, but, like, to know that it's actually designed off of him and looks so similar to him is actually really cool. Did you go look yet? Yes, I did, Dave. Yeah, it's, 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 un- cool. it's, un- it's uncanny, isn't it? Yeah. Like, um, it, like they literally took a photo of him and and nowadays that's so common but you gotta understand 2001 it was still really new when we were doing stuff like this and so the, that that concept is concept's really cool yes 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 sam lake max Payne, also lead writer for the game alan wake which is a really good psychological action thriller also made by remedy entertainment about a guy an author who 
starts to lose his mind in his own work. It's a really good game if you've never played Alan Wake. Highly recommend it. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it someday. Who knows? You never know what tomorrow will bring. What did I learn about today? I learned that people from the um, the demo scene, demo scene future crew would go on to create Bugbear Entertainment, uh, Remedy Entertainment, and Future Mark companies. I didn't know, didn't know that that's where those starts came from. Now I do. That's kind of fascinating. Makes sense since they're all finished companies, but uh, never really put two and two together. So, never really put two and two together. Uh, and that'll about do it for me today. Thank you for listening. Rob, what do you want to add? As always, I want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone for listening. We're doing it. We're loving it. Hopefully you are too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. So, well, on that note, we're going to take it out of here for today. Next week, we're going ape shit. As we go back to the early 80s to look at one of Nintendo's most iconic figures. And this time, though, I'm not talking about who you think I'm talking about. Because when I say Nintendo's most iconic figure, of course, you're going to think about Mario, who Rob and I just started talking about. And this game that came out in July of 1981 indeed features Mario, but it's not the Mario game. It is, however, the first game that Mario debuted in, and that, of course, is my namesake with my initials DK. Drift King. Drift King. Oh my god, you just brought up Drift King. (laughs) Oh my god. Now, 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 we're looking at Donkey Kong. You know, released in July of 1981, Donkey Kong was basically the product of Nintendo's efforts to find a game to compete with Pac-Man. It's an incredibly important game that came out at an incredibly important time in video game history, and we're going to cover all of these nuances about it next week. So grab your overalls, grab your hammer, and join us. Jump some barrels, you know, take down that monkey, because we're going to be taking a Donkey Konging trip next week down memory card lane. Do the thing. Do da ba ba da da ba da ba ya da ba boo da boo ba.